I wanted to create a space that anyone would feel comfortable coming and attending a class, no matter what their story was, no matter what their baggage they have, no matter what their goal or what they were seeking. I am most proud of the studio at the community and how supportive they are of one another. Welcome back to Highly Meditated. I am your host, Danny, and today I'm joined by Alyssa Montana. Hello. Alyssa owns uh, Great Blue Yoga in Amory, Wisconsin. Yes, I do. Thank you for inviting me here. Um, I'm really excited to be here. It feels so yeah. funny talking in a microphone. but <laughs> I know. I know. I still feel that way. So what have you been up to like with your day and with your life and... Uh... Well, today I went to a yoga class at Solo Yoga, actually, before coming here to mm. ground and center, which was really nice. Um, this past summer, I have been playing as much as I can in the sun, um, including outdoor yoga events with my community at Great Blue. So, yeah, cool. yeah, just trying to soak up as much prana as I can outside. Yeah. I was I was actually wondering like what you do on a daily basis because your Instagram looks awesome like you're living the dream but everybody is on social media. Oh yeah, you know? that's like <laughs> that's like a second of the day. Yeah. Um, my day it varies. So I teach some really early morning classes and then I teach evening classes. I teach workshops and events and so it's it's a little bit ungrounded. But yeah. That's kind of my. That's my energetic makeup. I'm a vata pitta. So. Oh, me too, actually. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I like it. I like to keep things fresh, and I, I try to get outside every single day. That's, like, my biggest goal Yeah. is to get outside. Cool. So you're not just, like, chilling in your studio waiting for people to come in? Nope. You're... Nope. The studio is set up so that I don't have to be there unless there's a class, basically. So it opens 30 nice. minutes before, and then starting this fall, I'm going to have some set hours for a couple of days of the week, especially for sauna sessions. So the infrared sauna gets a little bit tricky when to schedule. And mm, Yeah, I bet. I bet yeah. that's pretty popular in the winter. Yeah, well, I, I, I had it set up pretty late in the spring, so it just recently started to slow down um, appointments because it's been super hot and oh, humid out, I'm yeah. guessing. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited to see what happens this fall and winter. Yeah. But, cool. Yeah. So do you have a, do you teach most of the classes yourself or do you have I do right now I teach about 10 classes a week and then I have three teachers on right now and they are teaching five classes collectively so cool yeah this August we have a bar teacher training so bar has been super popular at the studio and I'm the only one who teaches it so I'm doing a bar teacher training and I will have new teachers cool <laughs> that's not too long that's not like a 200 hour thing nope it's just no it's actually it's a weekend training it's a 16 oh, nice. hour training and then I'm offering a mentorship so uh, basically they get to teach parts of the classes that I teach to get them familiar and comfortable teaching that format gotcha cool yeah do you want to tell us how you got into yoga in the first place? Of course. Yes. This is um, 10 years ago, which I was just reflecting on this coming over here. I was like, oh, wow, I've been doing this for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, I started by going to yoga at um, in my freshman year of college. Okay. 
And I did a gym course because I thought it would be easy. Like, okay, yoga, no big deal. It was like one Monday a week. And it was a really dark uh, time in my life. So I was drinking and doing drugs and partying and kind of a hot mess. And I actually decided to put myself in rehab. And I took myself out of college and I moved to a sober house in St. Paul and two blocks down the street, there was a yoga studio that my, actually the woman who was taught my gym course, she taught Mm -hmm. at the same studio in the city. So I was like, what? Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, I was hooked, um, because that was the only time I could find peace in my life was, and it wasn't even like during the class, it was the last five minutes in Shavasana where I could just lay (laughs) and I was like, oh my gosh, this is what actually, like, maybe this is serenity. Maybe this is peace. I don't know. I've never experienced this in my life. So ever since I was a kid, I've always been super anxious and very ungrounded and, um, didn't really know how to deal with emotions. Mm -hmm. And so, I started drinking at a very young age, started doing drugs, numbed myself out, you know, had some traumatic experiences happen and was kind of just walking through life as a mummy. That's kind of what I think of. And Mm -hmm. um, I had this kind of awakening where it was like, wow, you have to make a decision to to either continue down this path or do something radical and different and scary. And so that's where it all started. And from there, it was just kind of my vision started to clear, and I slowly started to align with the path that I was supposed to be on. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, like, when did you decide that teaching was right for you? So, I was practicing yoga for a couple years. So, in 2012, I did my first yoga teacher training, and I really wanted to do it most importantly because I just wanted to know more for myself just Mm -hmm. as a personal practice Mm -hmm. to go deeper. And I did it at Core Power, which Core Power is great uh, for physical. Like it's very, it's very focused on the strength and the heat and their formatting and how they train you. It it created a lot of anxiety (laughs) within me, actually. Like I was super anxious. Like when I got done, I was like, no way, I'm not going to be a yoga teacher. Like I actually, I didn't teach a class to strangers for a year after I got my first like certificate yeah (laughs) (laughs) um and and what I realized is that I was seeking more I wanted more of the spirituality the philosophy the mental you know yeah the the effects that I got from taking a class I wanted to learn how to share that with other people that was what I was most passionate about was like this is what has helped me heal and what has helped me align and Uh, I want to share that with other people. Yeah. So I didn't really know that I wanted to be, I mean, I I knew that I wanted to share with people the gifts that yoga gives you, but I didn't know how or what format. And, and then I just started teaching more and more and more. And I was like, Oh, this is kind of, this is, this is working out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is not so bad. (laughs) This feels right. Yeah. But really what happened is I took many different trainings, many different styles of yoga. And I, I had to find my own voice. Yeah. And I had to find my own teaching style. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. Do you want to talk about, like, how you decided on coming to Amory or what else yoga has brought into your life? Yeah. Well, so part of 
yoga. I mean, I have a combination of yoga and Reiki and Thai yoga bodywork. So I, I have mm-hmm. a background with different healing modalities. And well, I it started, so I started teaching. I helped a yoga studio open in Winona, Minnesota, where I went oh, to school. Okay. So I was one of their first teachers in the space. And that's where I started to do outdoor. I was an outdoor rec guide. So I led backpacking mm. trips and that sort of thing as well. So I really had an interest in combining outdoor adventure and yoga. And that's where I went and did it. my internship in California for a yoga retreat company in the San Francisco Bay Area. And so I w- went out there and I was like, this is so cool. There's nothing like this in the Midwest. Like, this yeah. is what I want to bring back to yeah. to Wisconsin. And I knew that I didn't want to stay out there. So long story short, I moved back to Wisconsin. But then I had some personal stuff that I had to work through again. And it was yeah. like off track. But I, I wanted to open a yoga retreat company. That was my first initial idea gotcha. in, in 2014. And then... I moved back to Colorado and then I moved back to Amory. And so, yeah, I don't know how much you want me to share because there's share a it lot. all. You, there's a lot. Well, you were <laughs> saying earlier. Between. Yeah. You were saying earlier that you have always been like big on going with your intuition and you get intuitive messages and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and some unforeseen circumstances may have brought you back to Amory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, let's hear it. Whatever. Whatever you want yeah, to share. Yeah, so basically I was I moved out to Colorado. I was thinking, I think it was my ego was telling me I wanted to be there because I wanted to have a – I wanted to use my degree and my degree is nature-based tourism. And I was like, that's the perfect place to be. I love outdoor adventure and then I can teach yoga out there and blah, blah, blah. And I moved out there mostly because I wanted to be with a guy. And yeah. <laughs> and when you're dating someone long distance and then you end up living together, uh, reality hits. It's not like vacation dating anymore. Yeah. And that my experience in Colorado, I had never experienced so much sadness in my life. Um, where I was actually aware of it. So I had experienced dark times in my life, but Mm -hmm. there was like this huge like weight of sadness. And and I decided, okay, I had listened, you know, to my intuition. It was like, even though I wanted to be there, like with everything within me, it was like, this is where I want to be. This is where I'm supposed to be. This is where my life was supposed to grow. Um, I wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I moved back home feeling very broken and lost and uh, decided that I was going to just try and get as many different teaching gigs as that I could find mm-hmm. and that I wanted to really, I was, a, I was a server for a really long time, server and bartender, which is a great opportunity because you can take training, you can take time off, you can go on these retreats and these vacations and it was really awesome when I was studying a ton because mm-hmm. it supported that, that lifestyle, but it's draining and for you know, sure. I didn't, yeah. I didn't, it was like, my goal was when I moved back, I didn't want to continue to do that. So instead I filled my schedule with lots of yoga classes and I was avoiding dealing with some grief in my life basically. And I, I got into a car accident last September. I rear ended a truck and trailer because I was messing with my radio and it was completely my fault. I was just really tired. I had taught like 
four classes that morning, was just trying to get home, mm-hmm. and I had a black tourmaline necklace crystal on my neck. Yeah. And the airbag literally, like, wham, slammed my chest so hard. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, this is a sign from the universe, like a literal sign, like you need to stop, like slow down, yeah. what are you doing, check yourself. So last fall I did, I cut down my classes. I was teaching three classes a week and meditating and resting, like conscious rest, like yoga nidra every single day and taking the time to listen. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most important part if if you're anyone on this journey is giving yourself the time and space to listen, whatever that may be or whatever that may look like. Um, but as I was telling Danny earlier, I'm really connected to the moon as well. So on the full moon in October, it was the strongest sign that was like, you need to open up a yoga studio in Amory, Wisconsin. Like no matter what your ego or your mind is telling you, no matter what (laughs) everyone in town is like, what, you want to open a yoga studio? So I signed a lease literally a week later. Yeah. (laughs) And I went to Thailand. so. (laughs) So that was, that was the adventure. And it was really it was kind of freaky because I was going to Thailand, which I, I knew it was one of those trips where you're like, this is going to be, there's going to be some growing pains on this trip. Like Mm -hmm. it was very much, I knew it was going to be a spiritual experience and I was a little bit resistant to it. Um, like I didn't, people would ask me like, where are you going? What are you doing? And I was like, I don't really know. I haven't packed. I haven't planned. (laughs) (laughs) Like I have plane ticket and I have a group of people I'm going with, but I haven't looked into anything. Like I was like really, really resistant. Um, and then I had some powerful healing there with a few different people and some really revealing experiences, which really set me up for opening up this yoga studio in my hometown, which I, Never, ever thought I would be back in Amory. Yeah. Ever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was was the journey. Yeah, that's awesome. But the community is really responding well to it. I mean, I know that just from word of mouth. Yeah. So it's been amazing. So that was the other thing. It was like, well, this is a risk and I have no idea how this is going to go, but I'm going to sign a year and a half lease and whatever happens, happens. And I've worked with about four or five yoga studios, either from startup or that are really new. And I had, I had kind of, of course, like, you know, you have to plan, you have to figure out, okay, how many members do I need to pay my bills? How many, Mm -hmm. you know, how many packages or kind of the financial, the business aspect. And I was using it off of other studios that I'd worked with, like just kind of a general, like in different locations in Minnesota, Colorado, Wisconsin, all over the place. And I'm shocked. Really? <laughs> what happened at the studio? I mean, within the, within the second month, I had wait lists for my class. Like what? Like the class is full. <laughs> yeah. There's a wait list. So that's amazing. And well, so for people who don't know, Amory, Wisconsin is rural. Yeah. Like this is not, <laughs> this is not like a medium sized city or even a small sized city. Like it's population 2,900, I think. Like, yes. um, there's not really any other wellness businesses in town. I mean, we have like a farm to table restaurant and stuff like that, but there's nothing. There's actually in the, in Polk County. So, Amory is the biggest town within Polk County. Mm-hmm. There are no yoga studios, like just yoga studios. Really? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Oh, my God. So when people were like, really, this is where you want to open up a studio? I was like, yep, I'm going to 
Yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah. But it's been really interesting because I have people who come from Barron, come from St. Croix Falls, Cumberland, Luck. I mean. Totally. It's a draw Mm -hmm. from different places as Mm -hmm. well. So it's been really fun. Uh, I have students from age, uh, well, we have kids yoga, but in the regular classes, you know, I have age 20 to in their 60s. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's fun. Yeah. A lot of women. I'm trying to get more men to totally. Come to the I mean, that's the case in any <laughs> studio, though, right? <laughs> Actually, this I there was only one studio that I worked at that I had a lot of men come to my class, but that's because I taught a very physical base. It was power mm. vinyasa, mm-hmm. I think, maybe. I actually um wanted to go back for a second and like point something out. So. Because it took you a while to figure out that you were meant to have your yoga studio in Amory because mm-hmm. it just didn't seem like the right thing at first. And I think that's so interesting because it's so easy to get caught up in like wellness or yoga and like this whole new trend almost. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know, you're you're teaching 23 classes a week or you're like meditating, you know, on your break at work and you're, you think you're doing all of this stuff, but actually you could still be doing wellness things and then just going and going and going and never actually like finding the answer that you're looking for yes which yeah that's like something that I've recently come to realize (laughs) yes that is I like that you brought that up because it reminds me of what I I'm always asking students like it doesn't matter what you do in life whether like whatever passion you have right whatever fuels your fire or you know fulfills you spiritually mentally physically all that jazz but understanding why you're doing what you're doing Mm -hmm. and really getting clear about the exchange of energy right so it's like Mm -hmm. I have the I had this idea of uh, to be like a full-time yoga teacher you know (laughs) it's like (laughs) you have to be I mean financially you have to teach a lot of classes but also checking in with yourself like you're actually depleting yourself like you're supposed to be sharing with others how to be mindful how to be present how to do all these things but when I got into that car accident I felt like a huge hypocrite like oh my gosh like I'm trying to teach people how to be mindful how to be in their bodies and I'm not doing that totally yeah (laughs) I feel like that having a podcast called highly meditated sometimes (laughs) because I'm definitely not always highly meditated but that's the beauty I mean (laughs) we're human right yeah yeah and we get the opportunity to mess up and then be like oh I remember like this is the path (laughs) yeah (laughs) do you think that um getting your Reiki attunements helped you like figure out your path and become more intuitive oh for sure yeah uh so I've been really sensitive to energy ever since I was a kid and when I say sensitive to energy, like initially, like literally my senses, like sensory stuff, you know, like I, I have a weighted blanket to help me ground and sleep because I'm very yeah, me too. sensitive, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was initially drawn to Reiki because I had one session because I was trying to, I was working on some trauma healing stuff and I had a a session and I had no idea what it was. I just like, okay, I'm going to go try and do this energy work thing, whatever this, I don't even know what it means. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll just pay for the session. (laughs) And the lady was like, I could feel things so intensely. And I remember getting and being just kind of like, happen like kind of in this weird space and the woman was very very nice and I got home and I just bawled and bawled and bawled and bawled yeah. and I cried for hours and I was like and 
I used to try to make myself cry because I was so numb all Mm -hmm. the time. Uh, So then it was like overload. I was like, this is exhausting. (laughs) What is this? (laughs) So I, I just got curious and I was like, I'm so sensitive to whatever this stuff is that I went and with my first Reiki attunement, well, my first you know, training, it was like, oh my gosh, it just clicked. It made mm-hmm. sense. It was like, you're putting words to the things that I've been feeling my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's really where also I had some struggles with addiction. You know, um, it seems like after my second or after my first Reiki attunement, it was something like switched in my brain, like in my chemistry. And, and I remember being like, I remember... I wasn't sober, but I was drinking, and I remember for the first time, like, feeling a buzz come on. Like, I mm-hmm. had two beers or something, and I was like, whoa, I don't want to... Like, you were conscious of what you were doing. I was conscious of yeah. what I was doing, and I had I was feeling the effects of a substance in my body, and it was like, wow. Yeah. It was, But it was after the Reiki attunement that I was really able to be even more aware of what I was putting into my body, what I was fueling my mm-hmm. body with, basically. I struggle with stuff like that, too, like drinking too much, and which is part of why I feel like a hypocrite having this podcast. It's like, I'm not some huge wellness guru. I'm sorry if you guys are getting that impression, <laughs> but like, <laughs> I have plenty of problems myself, and I was telling my teacher, Karen, like right before I got my first attunement, that I was really hoping that I would see some like major lifestyle changes like diet and food and stuff. Um, And it's hard for me too, because I work eight to five. This is kind of an excuse, but like, so there's like always free food out and I like won't plan my lunches and, and then I'll like drink during the week. And it's just kind of like a never ending thing. And she was telling me like, I mean, this is all just going to fall off as soon as you get Reiki. She was telling me and I was like, not really believing her. And to an extent it has yeah. like, like, I agree with the conscious thing because it, it not to say like I don't drink too much still and I like eat healthy all the time but it totally it's I don't know what it is. It's, it's a, a shift. shift. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a shift for sure and I I also think I mean it's just it's kind of empowering to be like once you start to see differently once you find that awareness you're like oh wow this is like I choose my life yeah (laughs) like this is all my choice I don't know I forgot that I guess yeah you're like oh I'm choosing I'm making these choices like if you're unhappy with something in your life well what did you choose to get there yeah totally (laughs) like and it's also just like sitting at work on a Monday feeling depressed like yeah it can just be because it's Monday but it also could be because you like were really bad to your body over the weekend or you like ignored your emotions and like there's so many other things that go into like feeling depressed and anxious that you have to start taking a little bit of responsibility and so Mm -hmm. Reiki has definitely helped me see that a little bit more clearly I think yeah yeah Reiki has well and it was really exciting when I added um like Reiki crystal training you know you're you're talking about that because that was like I even when I was a kid, I was super into rocks and crystals and yeah, collecting. Same. And like, oh, you know? I, I found all of those. Oh, those agates. Yeah, I found all of those Beautiful. as a kid. <laughs> wow, that is cool. I'm a nerd. Those are really nice too. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but when I started to add the crystals too, I was like, oh, this is, it was, it just amplified the, mm-hmm. the energy. And so I, I like to wear crystals all the time. Yeah. To protect, to ground, to energize, all that stuff to clear. Um, yeah. yeah. Do you, can you talk about Thai body work? Because I'm not familiar at all, actually. Yeah. So Thai yoga body work, which is what they call in the United States, um, most places it's Thai massage in Mm. Thailand. Uh, in Thailand, they actually, it's considered a form of energy work. Um, so it is the combination. It's basically like they call it lazy man yoga. It's assisted yoga poses with different kind of techniques that they use, you know, with like compression and it's not really like the type of massage, you know, like deep tissue that we would think that of. you would yeah. think of. And it's done on a futon on the floor and you wear your clothes. So there's no massage oil. The person wears their clothes, they're passive and you just kind of manipulate their body. And mm-hmm. we always start at the feet because your feet, you know, you have minor chakras in your feet. That's your mm-hmm. down and out. You release stuff out your feet. So you work from the feet up so that as you are releasing blockages you're allowing that to go to be released basically yeah so Thai yoga body work uh helps has helped my clients with physical pain restrictions in their body that they weren't able to you know for example one student she was like I can never do tree pose she has this you know hip stuff and so physically it helped her to do her hip stuff. But when when we worked on things, you know, it's like there's other layers within mm-hmm. the physical body. Yeah. So it's it's interesting because I've had a lot of clients who some people just like to relax, close their eyes, receive. Some people talk through things and their and and stories from their past will come up and it's like it's this awesome energetic release. Just I mean, it just depends on what they're ready for and yeah. What they're their kind of healing yeah. vibe is or that's you know. cool so it's it's fun yeah I don't right now I'm not practicing as much because I'm teaching so much so mm-hmm. um I learned last summer obviously after crashing my car that I need to fill my cup and if I'm going to be giving I need to <laughs> <laughs> I need to be filling and Thai yoga body work has not really fit into my schedule with teaching 11 classes a week and running yeah. a business. So I'm hoping once I get more teachers, I can start doing more sessions. Yeah, that makes sense. But it's also like, do you have a lot of demand for it in Amory? Uh, I have quite a few people ask me about it. Yeah. But I have, <laughs> I've been a little bit resistant. Yeah. Do you have people ask you about Reiki too? Yes, I do Reiki right now. Are they, is that more popular? Uh, I would say yes. Nice. Yes, it has been more popular than Thai. And I also did um, Chine Sang, so it's abdominal massage training in Thailand when I was there last fall, and that's what I'm really excited. To. I haven't practiced enough, so I'll be asking for practice bodies, but that's literally like deep abdominal work where most of us hold so much tension in our in our guts totally. that we don't even know <laughs> like about. Like raising my hand right now. <laughs> um, and it, that was that was a super powerful training to get abdominal work five days in a row, like all day. It was like, whoa, you got some yeah. stuff in there. Yeah. <laughs> so, that sounds intense. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. How do you think that people 
and Amory are responding overall. Like, I know based on your, um, like, how busy you are with the studio and everything, like, it's obvious that you're having a good response. But do you feel like it's changed, like, and built a community in Amory? So that was my number one goal within Amory. Um, just like every small town, there's cliques and groups. Yeah. And I, I've kind of been a drifter my, in my 20s in general, so I don't really have a set core group of friends, which part of me is, like, wants to ground somewhere so that yeah. I have that, <laughs> that. But I wanted to create a space that anyone would feel comfortable coming and attending a class, no matter what their story was, no matter what their what baggage they have, no matter what their goal or what they were seeking. I am most proud of the studio at the community and how supportive they are of one another is pretty spectacular. So sometimes when you go to a yoga studio, well, most of them, you have to be quiet right? It's like, what's a like quiet not chatting. space. Yeah. Like yeah. no chatting. <laughs> it's like very quiet. And, and I've been to a lot of studios where I just get in and I, you know, you get in, you, yeah. get, you do your thing, you get out. And this space, it was like, no, you, we're not being quiet before class. The hens are clucking. <laughs> like, no, this is not, this is not going to be the norm. I mean, people are from all different walks of life are coming together they chat before class they greet people you know like my members be like oh you're new to class and and they show them around or you know if people are nervous about trying bar class which is more of you know this physical it's a challenging class no matter I'm nervous about how many times you take it (laughs) um it's 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 so cool they're like no one's looking at you everyone's worried about themselves so like don't worry about yourself yeah (laughs) that's Um, awesome so I would say it's it's been amazing, and I'm really, really proud that it's in Amory. Yeah, basically, I know. you know, like, <laughs> super like cool. this town that I was ashamed to come back to visit. You know, in my early 20s, to like be around people is now like, wow, this is home. This is a yoga home in my hometown. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Like I never, I mean, I shouldn't say I never imagined it, but I think it's it just says a lot about like what yoga can do for you. Mm-hmm. and how it's just taken off yeah and and now there's like you can find these awesome places you even enroll wisconsin yep <laughs> so city of lakes yeah do you have any visions for like what could be next for you or are you still kind of getting your feet wet well there's a lot of experimenting this year so even you know seasonally i'll send out a survey like what kind of classes do you want um what kind of events, what kind of workshops. So right now until the end of the year, I'm really focusing on just maintaining and um, getting maybe one or two more yoga teachers, you know, just building the staff Mm -hmm. um, so that I can also focus more on -on one-on-one work. And eventually I would either like to do more retreats. So I really love taking women outdoors on – you know, different sort of outdoor adventure and combining that with yoga. So mm-hmm. doing some some retreat stuff. And I've considered doing a yoga teacher training as well. I've had oh, quite cool. a few people ask me about yeah. it. So maybe. We'll see. Yeah. There's a lot of work to become a registered <laughs> yoga school. Yeah. I mean, it all sounds like a lot of work, actually. <laughs> yeah. Can you talk about, like, what kind of planning you had to do? I mean, I know you said that you 
you had this intuitive message that yeah. you were like supposed to open a studio and then you signed a lease a week later but i have to imagine there was a little bit more planning behind it <laughs> there was and i was really i was trying to because i was thinking about what type of planning did i do but i mean there's like the business logistical stuff where you have to communicate with people and figure out what types of, do i need a permit do i have to you know like do you charge taxes for you know yeah. like this cert- like there's like all of these questions where I like had no idea so I really relied on asking for help with a lot of things yeah a, I, there was um like a business mentor that I had so I really I asked a lot of questions and everything was really easy yeah <laughs> so so like it really it so, literally that just, is like, not what most business owners say <laughs> it was just like aligned like everything just aligned and and I had I had already worked with yoga studios with the software oh there's the one glitch I chose a different software in the beginning like to do I knew I wanted online scheduling stuff and all that jazz mm-hmm. And it was a fail, like the first, after the first week. And I was like, oh my gosh, I got to change this right now. And so I went to the one that was more expensive, MindBody, which most people know what that is. And, and so there was kind of, that was like the biggest, like, oh no. Yeah. Which is really pretty No minor. one can sign up our class. <laughs> <laughs> but I had already used the program. So, I mean, I, I had worked behind the scenes at the studio in Colorado, so I, from day one, I helped her with her newsletter and marketing and social media and stuff like this. So it was really just transitioning all the skills and tools that I had from, you know, college and working with other yoga studios to, to create my own space. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what else to say. I'm just like, wow, sounds like you're very much in alignment, which. Yeah. Well, and I, that's the other thing I like to share with my students is like once you get really clear like and when I say clear is like you can visualize your desires right everything aligns like you know what you want or where you want to be or you know whatever that may look like anything is possible Mm -hmm. literally anything is possible yeah (laughs) you just have to believe it yourself first and so a lot of times when I had a lot of confusion and especially in my early 20s where it's like what am I supposed to do with my life? I'm supposed to go to college. I'm like, how do people know they, like this path yeah. that they have? Well, it it was giving yourself the permission to be in the dark, to be in the unknown, to be like, well, maybe I'm going to try this. Maybe I'm not. But, yeah. But, you know, Dharma, which is in, it translates, you know, this is our purpose. This is our path. When you're in line with your Dharma, your purpose here on earth, like, it's it's effortless yeah it just it it flows totally (laughs) and it's also weird because like when you get these feelings or these messages and i know this from experience it feels like it can feel really scary because it's the opposite of what you wanted or the opposite of what your ego wanted Mm -hmm. and you have to think about it like is this actually scaring me or does this feel expansive yeah you know yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> You're like, hmm. Because <laughs> sometimes it feels expansive and you know it, but you're still denying it for a long time, which is like when I first like came to the realization that I'm supposed to be a healer or whatever that means, I was just like, I don't want to be one. I was like, I actually um, have a really good job in accounting and yeah. maybe I don't love it, but like 
it just took me a long time to like come to terms with the fact that like my soul's purpose is a lot different than what I thought my purpose was. <laughs> well, and then it's your definition of purpose. Yeah, totally. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. So, when you say healer, what what how do you define that? I don't know because that's like the word I got. Oh, okay. Um, and so like I told you recently, I've had this session with a llama. Mhm who can read your DNA. And so like in, it was just like a 35 minute Skype session with him. And like the first thing that came out of his mouth, well, actually he was like joking around with me at first. He was like, I could tell that you're nervous, but I just want you to know that there's even people uglier than me out there. And I was like, what? (laughs) And it was like, oh, but there was, so there was another person translating because he was Spanish. So I don't think it translated quite like how it was supposed to, but it was so funny. But the fir- like the first part about my mission that he told me was like your mission is to help others and I was like okay I knew that yeah and then he just like kept going on with it and he told me that because my childhood was so difficult it makes it would be the most meaningful for me to help children oh um and then he just like kept going with it and he actually described me like having this small hobby farm that incorporates healing for children and like other people. And I could have like a garden and bees and stuff like that. And I have had visions of that for years. Wow. I know. (laughs) So it was so crazy. I was like, are you telepathic or can you actually read my DNA? It was so wild. So I know, but it's hard because like your purpose can be so vague. Like you could be a teacher like, that could literally be your mission. Your soul's mission is to be a teacher. And then you have to figure out, like, how you want to do that and what works best for you and what's happened in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, And so I think that, like, me getting the message of, like, being a healer is part of the struggle because it's so vague, you know? Yeah. But, and, like, I'm, I have my Reiki now. And I never, I don't know if I got it to like use on other people or if I got it as like a spiritual guidance tool I'm still like trying to navigate that yeah. because mostly right now I'm just using it for myself yeah um and like on babies and kids but <laughs> I don't know did I answer your question yeah <laughs> well no I was just thinking um you know defining what the word healer means so when I work with people with healing you know I tell them like I'm not healing you you are Oh, yeah. Yourself. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I'm helping you access your natural mm-hmm. healing abilities because I believe anyone, everyone has the ability to heal themselves. Totally. No matter what it is, whether it's mental, physical, spiritual, anything. Um, but it's kind of interesting because I think you're, when I think of a healer too, is someone who's able to hold space for someone to do their own Mm-hmm. healing and you you started with a podcast right like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> like look at all the people you're accessing i know you're you're creating a space for them yeah <laughs> and the other thing that the llama said because it was phrased as help others yeah it wasn't phrased as like teach others or fix others it was phrased as like help others which i think is a lot more accurate than like me having this notion that i'm a healer yeah. you know and like we got into other topics and he just kept saying, like, anytime I would ask if I needed to worry about, like, falling ill because of the weak points in my body, um, he would just say, no, as long as you're helping others, you don't have to worry about anything. Wow. So, like, I guess. And I'm not helping others, by the way. 
Yeah, you like, are. in my life right now. No, like, I wasn't before I started this podcast. Oh. But, because I just, like, maybe I am in some way, but, like, you know, I really didn't wake up until pretty recently, and I never thought of myself as somebody that's helping others until I started this podcast and I started getting like messages from people that are like oh my god I'm crying or you know stuff like that and I've like I mean I've shared some of it on episodes and like on my Instagram I guess but I never it's already this is like the eighth episode and I'm already getting like more messages from people than I would have ever thought that's amazing. I know. I love it. Congrats. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> Namaste. <laughs> Namaste. <laughs> wow. I don't know, man. <laughs> a lot of people have said, like, it's so cool that, you know, you found your purpose in meditation and, and stuff like that, but I don't want to give off the idea that I was looking for it. I think it came to me because I was actually headed down the opposite path of, like, mm-hmm never finding it yeah and continually being like more and more unhappy with every new job I got that I thought was going to be a lot better you know I like I like that you said that too because sometimes when we're in situations in life and you want to you want to think negatively or complain or all of all of these things like just by simply shifting your perspective like yeah that sucked or I was in a dark place or whatever but that's that's how you don't want to show up or that's where you, you know, it's, it's a lesson. It's just, you switch your perspective. Like, yeah, that's, that's where I don't want, or that's a lesson that I don't need to learn again. (laughs) (laughs) You know, totally. Well, how can people connect with you? (laughs) How can people connect? Well, you can come to Amory, Wisconsin. (laughs) Uh, You can come to Great Blue Yoga. Otherwise, I have a Facebook page, Instagram. Oh, actually, I have a question. Yeah. How did you come up with the Great Blue Heron? Oh, it's my spirit animal. I figured. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So when I first... When I first got sober, so I was taking yoga at the studio down from my sober house, and then I really started to connect with nature and... I'm not religious. Well, I was raised Catholic, but I was very resistant to that at a young age. And I, you know, in high school, it was like, God is adult's imaginary best friend. It just helps people sleep at night. Like, I was borderline, you know, atheist, agnostic, mm-hmm. like, really challenged all of that. And, you know, I got into treatment and they're talking about all this spirituality and, you know, giving up basically letting go and letting God, whatever that may mean. And I found spirituality and I found this ability to let go in nature. And I first, whenever I had to make like a big decision or, you know, I was like going to meet someone or it was like, I would see a heron, a gray blue heron, like Mm -hmm. literally, you know, in an, in artwork in the middle of winter, you know, like it would show up like literally physically for real and also kind of around me. And I started to pay attention and it was like, you know, the heron is all about standing on your two, your own two feet, balancing through the waves of life. And, um, and then I really, I, (laughs) it was like, I went on a backpacking trip in Utah and I, there was a great blue heron that like flew in this Canyon, like in the middle of the desert. And really, yeah. And I went, when I moved to California to do my internship, I like, I'm pulling into Oakland, like about to like be at my destination and two great blue herons fly over. Like there are countless stories of like, I'm in the weirdest place and there's a great blue heron. It's like, it's my reminder that 
you're on the right path. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. I feel the same about eagles for me. And at first I thought, because my dad dying was pretty much simultaneously the beginning of me waking up mm -hmm. and becoming more conscious and getting into all of this spirituality. And at at first, like, sometimes I still do think that he's sending them. But now it's like I see eagles when I'm about to record a podcast. I saw two eagles, like, when I was going to have Reiki done on me for the first time. Like, I saw eagles when I was going to my Reiki attunements. Like, I see them in my dreams sometimes. So it's way more than just my dad. And I feel like that's, like, my animal now. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that's cool. It is cool. It's cool. Well, yeah. And what it, I mean, with eagles, what is the symbolism? They carry your prayers up. Like oh, I haven't heard of, that one. Yeah. But it's definitely a sign of like um like wisdom and tranquility and that like healing is coming to transform you. Mm -hmm. Um and so when you see the eagle it can be a sign that you should be aware that like your actions are going to manifest very soon and not not in like a like abundant sense but it's like the karma is really quick when you yeah. see an eagle. So like whether you're doing something good or you're doing something bad you're going to see the reward or the the detriment like really quickly the ripple the ripple <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool so slight tangent at the end there but yeah. i will <laughs> <laughs> i will link all of your info um in the show notes and people can reach out to you if they want to cool so very yeah. cool thanks for coming on thanks it was really fun me. yeah it was it, I wish people could see, like, it's just so peaceful. I'm, like, oh. looking outside of your flowers, and she's got really good vibes in this space, too. Yeah. It's funny you're, like, the third person to say that while recording this podcast. Really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I like it. It's fun. We have a nice little home in Hudson, Wisconsin, so. Cool. Yeah. Well, right. thank you. Yeah, thank you again. Namaste. 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 <laughs>